With us today is Mario Economo, a banker in London, in New York, and uh, Zurich. And uh, he's uh, here to give us an update of what the heck is going on in Europe. Uh, Mario, give us an update. Yes, good morning, uh, audience of the Cats Roundtable, and Happy New Year to everyone. The mild weather in Europe is continuing, and this has, in fact, driven down the uh, price of natural gas to pre-Ukraine war levels, if you can believe it. It's incredible the Europeans were blessed with what has been thus far a very mild winter. Their stocks and reserves are full, and therefore there is not the energy crunch that everybody thought there was going to be. Having said that, the governments continue to heavily subsidize energy energy needs of households, so that is keeping everything in check. Uh, there is one other big story that is developing across the EU. It's been several weeks in the making, and it's continuing unabated, and that is specifically there are medicine shortages in the EU. And by medicine, I mean specifically certain antibiotics, paracetamol, which is uh, what folks in America know as Tylenol, uh, various inhalers that are used for asthma. And the reason there are these shortages are because the 50% of the ingredients that go into these uh, medicines are imported from China and from India. And given what's been going on in China and the lockdowns before and now the crisis with respect to COVID, there are extreme shortages. And the situation is expected to actually uh, become worse in the coming days. This points to a very interesting question, and specifically that of the EU and the EU Commission, the question being, why are they always behind the curve? Why are they never ahead of the curve? After COVID, it was commonly accepted and believed that the European Union needed to become self-sufficient, especially in things like medicine. And they said there was going to be a surge of companies, large pharmaceutical companies based in Europe, actually producing substantially more medicine and securing the ingredients without having to rely on China and India. We're now beginning to see that that's not the case, and every country in Europe is mobilizing its own pharmaceutical industry domestically to be able to produce medicines, to stop exporting them so that they can actually meet their internal needs. That begs the question, if every country is going to do this every time there's a crisis in the EU, why do they need the EU? At the end of the day, it's been, uh, what, a year, two years? I forget. Uh, you know, you lose track of time with the COVID. Uh, the UK pulled out of the EU. In, in retrospect, do you think they did the right thing? Well, the UK, I mean, the UK may think it did, but they're one of the countries that's actually suffering severe shortages. And they've actually also seen tremendous inflation as a result of leaving the European Union. And the situation in the UK is going to get progressively worse before it gets uh, better. In fact, many people think that the UK will essentially continue to uh, deteriorate economically. But that's a discussion for another day. Uh, I was never a supporter of the United Kingdom leaving the European Union. I always believed their place, and I continue to believe their place is in the European Union. And hopefully in the coming years, the people in the United Kingdom themselves will realize that and they'll consider rejoining the European Union, provided the European Union actually continues to exist. We're now beginning to see with every crisis that occurs, many people in Europe are beginning to question uh, the viability of the European Union and the fact as to whether or not it is important. Well, I'll give you my comment. I thought the UK was doing it because their country was being invaded. They wanted the Euro they wanted London, they wanted the European community to be majority 
of uh, English. And they were being invaded where the English were going to become a minority. And, you know, they want to keep their own country. And I don't blame them for that. And second of all, they never converted to pound, which at the end of the day is probably smart, and uh, to the euro. Those are the two uh, basics, I think, Mario. I think that the, the U.K. leaving on the basis of not wanting immigrants to come in uh, was probably a foolish idea, because if you look at the U.K. at the moment, there are still many people who continue to come into the U.K. across the channel from France, uh, and they haven't actually addressed that situation at all by leaving the EU. With respect to keeping the pound, we know that certain countries like Sweden, for example, which are members of the European Union and Denmark, have kept their currencies. My personal opinion on that is you can't have a European Union and a separate Eurozone. If you're going to join the European Union, you need to be a member of the Eurozone. You can't enjoy the benefits of a European Union free trade agreement, but maintain your own currency with which you can, you can essentially determine your own monetary and fiscal policy. It just won't work. So I don't think it's fair. I think they enjoyed an unfair advantage, um, but they chose to keep it, and the European Union has allowed these countries to do that, so there's really not too much more that I can say about that. I would like to point out one other thing that we discussed last week, which was the uh, – Serbian ethnic minority Serbs in Kosovo whose trucks were blocking the border, they actually have removed these roadblocks. And that's very interesting. They removed them after tremendous pressure from the European Union and the United States. They agreed to avoid any confrontation. They removed the roadblocks. Now, this raises another very interesting question. We now know that if the EU and the U.S. put tremendous pressure on countries in Europe, they will listen to them. So why isn't the United States putting a tremendous amount of pressure on Turkey to stop the overflights and the various violations of Greek territorial sovereign airspace that the Turks continue to do every day? Last year, I believe there were 1,400 incursions, 1,400 incursions. Can you imagine if the Russians did 1,400 incursions over Alaskan airspace, what that would mean? The U.S., I don't think, would allow even one. So... Greece continues to have to send planes up there to intercept these jets. Nobody is saying anything, and everybody is telling Greece and Turkey, two NATO members, that they need to reach an agreement between themselves. There's so many uh, problems all over the European community. Uh, I mean, uh, oh, by the way, the other reason I can think about it is the attitude in the U U United Kingdom, uh, England, and uh, uh, and the attitude that uh, at that time uh, of Brexit, uh, Germany and France were almost in the woke culture. Don't forget what I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Mario. Go woke, go broke. And I mean, not that Germany's going to go broke, but France has been invaded, and it's you know, a lot, a lot of part of uh, a big part of France is not French. And Germany. They have their own problems. What say you about that? I think that the problem with the woke culture is it's here to stay. And I think that the more people fight it from the other end, the more difficult it's going to be to actually try to reach some type of an agreement across the board so that all sides can sit down, figure out how to get along, and to actually move ahead, which will actually benefit everybody and not just certain pockets of the community. You know, whether one agrees or disagrees with the woke culture, the woke, woke culture is here to stay. And what we need to do is we need to figure out 
If you're a supporter of it, you're happy. If you're not a supporter of it, you need to sit down and figure out how you can actually contribute to the dialogue and the discussion to be able to at least walk away with some components of it that you're okay with. I think short of that, we're just going to continue to have a lot of disagreements on all sides and a very unpleasant environment for everybody. That's why like you're, that's why other... you're on the Cats Roundtable, because we, we respect everybody's opinion, and everybody's opinion is welcome. Thank you. I would you. like to point out one last thing, if I may, uh, with respect to the war in the Ukraine. The Russian Archbishop Kirill had actually asked for a 36-hour ceasefire, given today and tomorrow are essentially the uh, Russian Christmas. Um, President Putin has gone ahead and implemented this ceasefire, uh, the Ukrainian side, however, has refused to accept it, saying that uh, they don't believe in the sincerity of it. I think that that's a mistake. I think that any time there's a war, if one side or another says that they're asking for a ceasefire and they're going to implement it, 36 hours for people that are living in the war zone is an eternity. If you can give people 36 hours of no missiles, no bombs, no explosions, especially at a time like this, which is uh, their Christmas, I think you should go ahead and accept it. I but pray for again, I pray not, for peace. I think we all pray for peace, but unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be any peace in the near term, especially if you consider the fact that President Macron of France has decided to send armored vehicles uh, to the Ukraine, not heavy ones, light armored vehicles, and the U.S. and Germany have both also agreed to send light armored vehicles at this point to the Ukraine. So what I expect to see is once these vehicles make their way on the ground in the Ukraine, uh, there will be more severe fighting, there will be uh, more battles, and there will be more people dying. And that's the unfortunate thing. Unfortunate. Thank you, Mario Konomo, and uh, happy uh, Russian Christmas. If you, uh, I celebrate all holidays. You know, my wife is Russian, a Polish-Russian. Well, and, well I, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Greek, so I follow the Greek uh, calendars and the Greek celebrations. I but, celebrate uh, let's, everything. Let's wish that. Let's wish the Russians a Merry Christmas because they have people there in Russia as well. And um, I think everyone's life is important. Thank you so much. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. God bless. Enjoy your day. Thank you.